you ready to talk fantasy football? Then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Burke. Welcome back to the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Scott, we can't get a flow going. We can't get any sort of consistency. This is maddening. Yeah, there's absolutely no flow in this NFL season so far as we're in the middle of wrapping up week six here on Monday night. But uh, no no consistency at all. Uh, yeah, you just can't figure this out week to week as the Colts lead the Titans 19-12 here. Middle of the third on Monday night, a game where I'm sure many people expected the Titans to be in control, and that's not the case. And that's what I think is really frustrating for me is normally – you get a couple teams that you can figure out week to week and you know what's going to happen. And we don't seem to have that. I guess if I had to name the most consistent team, the Saints maybe recently have been on fire, right? Yeah, I mean, the Saints are playing well. You know, they only got this, only two games at home. So, you know, the consistency is there to win a couple on the road, win in London, get the two home games. Now, granted, they put a 52 last week, but yeah, that game at one point was, uh, what, 35, 38-10 or 45-10, and, you know, the Lions got within a touchdown. So even that consistency was a little marred by uh, some, uh, you know, relaxedness and uh, laying back and thinking the game was over. But, yeah, I mean, I guess the Saints would be there. But I'll tell you one division that's not consistent, that's the AFC South. I mean, I can't figure this one out for the life of me. And that's what's weird, that, that Saint game, Detroit game, you would figure that would be a huge fantasy game. It really wasn't, unless you had the defenses. I think it was, four, what, four defensive touchdowns in that game? Five. Five. Five, 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 five defensive touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, Drew Brees drew, I think, for maybe 100, 150, 160 yards. I mean, Stafford drew three touchdowns. We also drew three picks. Michael Thomas had, did, was not a factor. So, yeah, I mean, 90 yeah. points in that game and, you know, five touchdowns came off of defensive and special team scores. All right, let's hit the first quarter. Scott, we're going to try something different tonight. I, I'm a big game show guy. I've always loved game shows, so I thought I would have you do Fantasy Feud. Oh, exciting. Love Family Feud. My wife watches it all the time. So what we'll do here, Scott, is I will give you a couple categories, and some of them will have multiple answers. You'll have to get like top three or top five answers, and we'll see how many you get. And some of them will have one-liners, for example, like true or false, or maybe who is this person, and uh, we'll see. We'll have some fun here. Uh, here we go. Scott, the top six answers are on the board. Can you name for me the top six quarterbacks in the NFL in passing touchdowns? Um, sure. Let's start with Tom Brady. Tom Brady. There it is. You got one. Keep going. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Tied with Brady. Both have 13 passing touchdowns. I believe, the lead, I believe the leader is uh, Mr. Deshaun Watson with 15. First answer. There it is. You have the top three right now. I think another guy in this list is somebody that Packer fans are going to miss for the rest of the year, and that's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to guess he's up there. Aaron Rodgers. Yes, you have all three people that have 13 touchdowns, and you have Deshaun Watson with 15. Can you name the two players, Scott, that have 12 passing touchdowns so far this year? Well, Alex Smith got off to such a hot start, so it's got to be Alex Smith. Alex Smith. And there it is. Yes, you have one left. The person who is tied, Scott, with Alex Smith with 12 touchdown passes. i got a couple options to go with, but I am going to guess that this is... My man, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. He got it. Very good. 
one, six in a row. Off to a flying start here, Scott, on, on a fantasy feud. Well done. Woo. Nice job, Steve Randall. Okay, uh, here's an interesting one for you. Wide receiver receptions. Top six, Scott. Receivers, wide receivers in receptions so far this season. Well, I mean, it's a no-brainer number one, is, and that's going to be Antonio Brown, a.k.a. Fantasy Jesus. Death taxes in Antonio Brown. All right, you're one for one. Keep going. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has been targeted like a million times, so he's got to be up there. Nook is number five. Very good, Scott. You have two, three, four, and six left. Hopkins, number five with 37 receptions. Antonio Brown has 48. He's first. Uh, How about a guy who had 10 catches yesterday? Larry Fitzgerald? That's got to help the numbers. More fits for you. Number two, Scott. Number two, very good. In the NFL with 42 receptions. Number two for Fitzgerald. Um... Mm, Adam Thielen, maybe, with Diggs hurt last week. I think Thielen had about 9 or 10 catches, so that's got to put him up there. Adam Thielen. Number three. Very good. Number three. Scott, you have four and six. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, well, Stafford's had a big year. Golden Tate got off to a slow start. Um, oh, well, let's try Golden Tate. Golden Tate might be up there. Golden Tate. This is incredible. You have five of the you, – you have not missed a question yet. i got to make these harder. You have one left, sir, the number four wide receiver. I will give you a hint. It's confusing because he had his bye. Confusing because he had his bye. Well, that's going to knock down a couple teams. And, um, so I'm going to guess it's either someone from Tampa or Miami. And I don't think Evans has been that good yet. Parker's been hurt. It's not Deshaun. Let's go Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry for the win. He's on fire. My partner is on fire. Six for six, and he's rolling, folks. Very, very impressive, Scotty. Very good. All right, it's got a couple more coming from week six. So we're going to short, quick answer, see how you do. Ready? And I'd like to thank this is from Pat Doherty. Pat Doherty of Roto World, one of my favorite follows at RotoPat, R-O-T-O-P-A-T. Pat Doherty from Roto World. Let's do it. Scott, 41 of this NFL, top NFL running backs rushing attempts, 41 of this top NFL running backs, 106 rushing attempts this year have come in the first half. Only 41 of this top, one of the top running backs in the NFL so far this year, of his 106 rushing attempts have come in the first half, meaning he's a heavy second half rushing attempt person. Oh, wow. All right. That's, um, let's go with uh, Kareem Hunt. Had a big second half against the Patriots and a decent second half against the Steelers. Let's go Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt? That a boy, Adam. All right. The, so folks, we have about. not prepped this at all. This is very impressive by my partner here. We have not pre- prepped this at all. I just want to make sure that that is out there. Unbelievable. Over the last two weeks... Because of an injury, this running back has outtouched his nearest competitive running back 43 to 30. So it's a backfield where there was an injury. This running back outtouched his next closest competitive running back 43 to 30. So very close, Scott. However, over the last two weeks, this running back has outtouched his, oppo- his uh, competitor's yardage 
245 to 80. 245 to 80. So I'm looking for two running backs that people thought are going to share touches. And they have shared touches. But this running back has destroyed his competitor in the backfield in yardage 245 to 80. Um, 245 to 80. Uh, that, you know what? That's got to be Jordan Howard. He had a buck 70 yesterday. Cohen's been light in the, in the uh, rushing game. I'm going Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard? Mm. Oh, it was your first mistake. Uh, you can't be perfect all the time. It was your first mistake. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Right, right church, wrong pew. Uh, that's that's uh, Jarek McKinnon over Latavius Murray. Jarek McKinnon? Scott, very good. Well done. We got one more. One more left. They're doing very well so far. I'm very impressed in, in Fantasy Feud. We don't have bonus rounds. We should have. Incredible. Yeah. What do I win? What do I win, Bob? Uh, what you win is... No, I'm not going to give you that breakfast back because I'm looking forward to that French toast, by the way. Uh, yeah. Give that back. Uh, we have two more, actually. Let's do two more. This, co- this young and upcoming quarterback got off to a tremendously hot start. But is only 33 of 68, 48.5% completion percentage over the last two games. This up-and-coming young quarterback who started off so hot is only 33 of 68, 48.5% completion percentage over the last two games. Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Oh, that's a good one. I thought you'd nail that one. Well, very impressive, Scott. You are on fire. This is great. We got to come up with harder questions. <laughs> and my last one, last one, last one coming to you. Here we go. This running back has 340 receiving yards, which would put him 20th among wide receivers. This fantasy running back has 340 receiving yards, which would rank 20th among wide receivers. Uh, well, it's got to be one of those uh, quote unquote. S- Satellite backs that you uh, not a big fan of. Attaboy. Um, Attaboy. Um, there's a couple that had a decent game yesterday. Not 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 my guy Andre Ellington who didn't even sniff the field. Um, hmm, it's a good one. I think the obvious answer would be someone like a McCaffrey, but I'm gonna stay away from McCaffrey. I'm gonna go with uh, Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson. Wow, that is an unbelievable job. I got to give you a lot of credit. I love to bust you and rip on you. I give you all the praise of the world. You did not know those questions. It is Chris Thompson. You got them all right. Well done, my partner. Very, very well done. Hey, I got one wrong, but yeah, full disclosure, I had no clue what was going on. There. It feels good to get those right, especially a question like that. That's, that was good. We, uh, we definitely got to bring that back again. Hey, wait till we get to Thursday. I'm going to ask you for the 75th ranked tight end in the league. <laughs> Oh, you know who that is? I know the answer already. It's Eric Ebron. <laughs> well done. Very good. Let's take quarter two. All right, Scott. NFC home games here. We'll start with the Thursday night game. Eagles 28, Panthers 23. Scott, at this point, where would you rank Carson Wentz in terms of top fantasy quarterbacks? I mean, he's definitely a quarterback one. I don't think there's any question about that. He you know, goes into the, on, onto the road in Carolina. That's a, that's a tough place to play on a Thursday night short week. You know, the yardage wasn't crazy, 222, but three touchdowns. But he's, right now, he's playing the quarterback one. I mean, we're looking at 20-plus fantasy point of production, like three, four weeks in a row here. Would you put him, Scott, um, top five? Yeah, that's close. I mean, that, that's tight. I mean, right now, right now, I say your top five has got to include Brady. It's got to include Watson. 
you know, and, and a couple others like that. So, I mean, he's borderline. He's right there. Um, I definitely put him, I'll put him top eight for sure, and maybe going forward even higher. Flip it, Cam Newton, 239, one touchdown, three interceptions. Which was the real Cam Newton? Should we be worried? Should we not be worried? I mean, yeah, I, this to me is more the Cam Newton. Like, I'm, I'm not expecting three interceptions every week, but I'm, I'm not expecting the numbers he put up the weeks before either. This is more closer to the Cam Newton. I would expect him, you know, to be around this two touchdowns, two interceptions, but he's going to have those turnovers on a week-to-week basis. So I think we're a little closer on this side than we were the previous couple of weeks. Scott, uh, Christian McCaffrey is certainly starting to dominate the touches at the running back position. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, who is droppable at this point, I'm not going to ask you about him, eight rushes, negative four yards. I don't know what to do with that. But Christian McCaffrey, Scott, 10 receptions. He had 56 receiving yards and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, is he an every week start? Yeah, I mean, PPR for sure he is. He's He's been constantly you know, there as far as the receptions goes. I mean, he's got close to 50 targets, which I think would put him in, you know, the top 10 if he was a wide receiver. So, I mean, it's 50 targets out of the backfields of rookie running back. Like I said, Jonathan Stewart's becoming a non-factor. If he starts to get a few more carries to add to his receiving ability, he's definitely going to be a week-to-week star, especially in PPR formats. You know, it's funny. I moved Zach Ertz down in my fantasy pro ranking, Scott, because I saw that Carolina was pretty good against opposing tight ends. But he caught two balls, Zach Ertz, but he caught them both for touchdowns. Uh, Zach Ertz, top three tight end, rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I've been saying it all year. I mean, he's, I think he's going to fight Gronkowski for the one for the number one spot. Gronkowski will probably get the yardage over Ertz, but Ertz is going to be right there with the touchdowns, and that's really you know the, that's the big thing when it comes to fantasy. Those six points you get for the TDs. Finish the sentence with one word. Starting Nelson Aguilar every week for the rest of the season is borderline crazy i mean he's 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 playable you know stream him find an option he's not going to be consistent every single week you know listen he scored a touchdown it was four for 55 it's a nice line you know you could put him as a wider a low wide receiver three but i would make it a streaming option i think there's plenty of better options that are more consistent than algalore uh funch is droppable are you going to hold on to him uh, you know what? I think you can hang on to him on a bench spot, but let's see if he can give you something for a couple of weeks. But if you start to see another one or two performances of two or three catches, you know, then he's borderline droppable, in my opinion. Eagles 28, Panthers 23. Next game on the NFC docket. This was team coming off a bye. You talked about this a little bit. These teams get sluggish off a bye. Well, you know, the Falcons had a 17 nothing lead against Jay Cutler and the Dolphins, and you figure that game was uh, over and done with. Not so much. Jay Cutler, Dolphins come back 20 unanswered to win in Atlanta 20 to 17. So, did Jay Cutler do anything to help his cause out in your mind, or is he still dead to you? Uh, he's done. I was wrong. Moving on. Jay Jai, nice bounce back game against the Falcon defense. He needed that 26 for 130. You are still confident rolling Jay Jai out on a weekly basis, and this is more to what you expect going forward for Jay Jai. Love Jay Jai. He only has like Scott two touchdowns in his last fifteen games or something, <laughs> something like that. But I am confident because in this NFL 2017 season, you're getting 26 touches as a running back. That's an RB one. That's fantasy gold. Touchdowns will come. In fact, I think they're coming this week. But I love Jay Jai. Love him. Devonte Parker, if he's out for a long period of time with this injury. Who benefits more? Does Jarvis Landry increase more, or does actually Kenny Stills move up a little bit in no, your mind? It's Stills, and I almost started him in DFS. I'm mad at myself. I almost started him DFS inside. He's fast on the carpet. Kenny Stills, a 4 for 49 touchdown. I like him a lot. Landry's fine. He's solid. He's, he's a PPR wide receiver, too. It's like his perfect area. 
Yeah, Landry gets a touchdown for 62 yards, and he catches. Move over to the Falcon side. So Matt Ryan, not exactly off to a uh, rousing start this year. It was two, 248 and a touchdown and a pick at home against the Dolphins. Are you concerned about Matt Ryan? He has a great end-of-season schedule. I don't think you can be concerned until Mohamed Sanu comes back. They did a great job in this game, Scott, early on. They got away from Freeman. Devontae Freeman, nine carries, 68 yards. So Ryan didn't really have to throw that much. He had the one bomb uh, he threw to the uh, – to the guy, I can't remember his name, they signed him this week. But, no, I'm not worried. I think he's a buy-low guy for me. And the running back situation, they both got nine carries, like you said, but Coleman gets the touchdown after Freeman does a lot of hard work on that drive. It's going to be a little frustrating if you're an owner of Freeman only and not Coleman, knowing that Coleman's going to take away some of these touches. You know, your view on this backfield going forward, is it still – you know, team backfield drafting, or do you lean one way now? Freeman had something like 18 touchdowns in the last 17 home games, so he's going to be fine. He gets the the red zone carries, but I really like Tevin Coleman, and I like Tevin Coleman, Scott, in DFS. He's only 5,000 this past week. I did cash. I put him in there. I like Tevin Coleman. I think he's going to take more of the, the touches away from Freeman. He's a dynamic receiver. He's doing a good job. I like Coleman moving forward. Austin Hooper, 748. Does he start to creep back into the tight end conversation after uh, this week? No, nah, because Sanu comes back. He's not going to do that. So, no. I, I'm an Austin Hooper guy. I died on the sword preseason, but no, that's only because Sanu wasn't there. And Taylor Gabriel, 4 for 39. If Sanu continues to be out, can you play Taylor Gabriel as a wide receiver no, three going forward? Absolutely not. Lottery ticket only. Dolphins win this one 20 to 17. It's a bad loss for the Falcons off the bye at home, up 17 nothing. They lose this 20 to 17 non conference opponent. Scott, this is the tough one of the day. Vikings 23, Packers 10, Aaron Rodgers broken collarbone out for the year. What's your thoughts on Brett Hundley? Is this is he serviceable moving forward? I'm sure fantasy players are going to go pick this guy up and just put him, just because of the weapons that he has, they'll put him on the bench. I can't tell you yes or no. I mean, I didn't see enough. I mean, he threw three interceptions I mean, on Sunday. It's a tough defense. It's a tough spot to be thrown into after an injury to a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer like Aaron Rodgers. You know, I thought he handled himself well, you know, during the game. He he wasn't afraid to make plays. It just wasn't there against the defense in Minnesota. So, listen, I, I'm sure fantasy players are going to go out and make a claim, especially with bye weeks coming up and the weapons. But I, I got to see a couple weeks of him, you know. If he can show me what Joby, Jacoby Brissett has showed me in Andrew Luck's absence, then you got a serviceable player, I think. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go forward, Scott, and tell you, I think you can start Brett Hundley. I know that sounds crazy, but – he should have had a second touchdown. Ty Montgomery dropped the pass, okay? So I think Hunley's a decent play moving forward. I like him. Uh, Jordy, a couple things. Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb. Solve that for me with Brett Hunley being the quarterback. Who do you like best? Well, I think Nelson is the only one who's actually played without Aaron Rodgers before, and his numbers weren't terrible. I think you posted the Roto splits up earlier today on Twitter. They're not like, Awful compared to what they are with Rodgers, but I think it's going to be a test for Adams and Cobb. You know, I think I think Nelson will still be the go-to guy, in, you know, especially inside the red zone. But I think the guy that's going to really have to step up and really put another step forward is going to be Devontae Adams. I think Cobb only had a couple of targets and catches, and I think now when you're in a situation like this, you're going to look to the to the two top guys on the outside, and I think Nelson will get his, and I think Adams has to now take that next step forward. Yeah, and I put it up. Uh, thanks, Rotoviz. Rotoviz Game App, just a great website with a great uh, game split there. He's averaging, Scott, 13.58 fantasy points per game PPR with Aaron Rodgers and 14.1 without. Now, they're gonna. people were criticizing me saying that that's skewed because the first couple of years he was only a part-time guy, so they said it's going to bring it down. But still, I think it's worth noting. 0.57 receiving touchdowns with Rodgers, 0.44 without. 
and actually has more yardage without Rodgers. So, I, listen, I, I think these numbers are skewed a little bit, but I think it's worth noting. I think yeah. they're, they're decent. Yeah, I mean, that reminds me of the reminds me of the T.Y. Hilton situation without Andrew Luck, where he's still consistent yeah. in fantasy yeah. performing. Yeah. I mean, T.Y. Hilton's more of that more of a deep field threat deep down the field threat than Jordy Nelson is, in my opinion. But still, I mean, if you're a receiver and you know you're going to have to step up and get open and find different spots, I think Nelson could still get the job done. But for me, Adam's really Adam's really got to be the next guy up. Scott, if Andrew Luck doesn't come back, which we think he is, but if he doesn't, rest of season, T.Y. Hilton, Jordy Nelson. That's a great question. And so far, I like what I've seen out of Jacoby Brissett, so I'll go T.Y. Hilton. Both? PPR right. and standard? I would, yeah. Well, uh, T.Y. I mean, T.Y. Hilton had another big game yesterday, and he's – He's, they, they got a nice chemistry going, and Brissett has shown that he can handle handle this offense. So I'm I'm going to T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Scott, make sense of the Packers' backfield for us, please. Yeah, I don't really think you can. I mean, I know you said that Montgomery dropped that pass. I mean, that's one of these NFL rules. We'll get to another one, I'm sure, in the AFC bracket that we'll talk about on a uh, terrible call. But, you know, Jones got more carries. Montgomery really didn't look great running the ball. He averaged 2.8 carry. I think this is now going to lean more towards – your you know team backfield theory. I mean, I think Aaron Jones has done enough to warrant these touches, and with now Brett Hundley at the helm and Rogers not there, there's going to be some more handoffs to go around. So I think you're going to be looking at a one one a combo here between the two of them. Flip over to the Vikings. Jarek McKinnon is on fire. Scott, he had a touchdown receiving and rushing. Is he an automatic RB one rest of season? I- I think so. I mean, listen, he's he can do both, and that's in this day and age in fantasy in the NFL that these these running backs are becoming more prevalent, where you can run and catch. Yeah, you know, he was only really known for really his pass catching ability, but he's shown that he can run the ball too. I mean, he's out he's out touch Latavius Murray, he's out running Latavius Murray, he's out scoring Latavius Murray. Yeah, I mean, to me, he's an automatic start each week, and uh, you just roll with him until you know something goes wrong. But right now, you know, he's definitely a guy you got to throw out there every week. And everybody else is pretty solid. Rudolph, 547, and Thielen, no digs. Should be back next week, 9 for 97. Uh, Vikings, 23, Packers, 10. Saints, Lions, like we just talked about in the first quarter here, we thought this would be an offense explosion. Well, the points were there. Fantasy-wise, not so much. Let's start from the Saints side. Oh, wow. I forgot to put Stafford's numbers. Sorry. That's that's fine. That's all right. Don't worry about it. So let's start from the Saints side. Um, Start from the Lions side. Stafford gets three touchdowns, go for 300 yards with three interceptions. You know, the concern you at all that has three turnovers against the Saints defense is not exactly, you know, lighting the world on fire. Not when he was injured. I'm very confident in this game. I took a lot of positive from this for Stafford. No, I think he's very solid moving forward. Disappointment out of Amir Abdullah, only 14 for 54 in a game where you think he might be able to produce a little more? I'm buying Amir Abdullah. I'm buying Amir Abdullah. This was a difficult game. Game script went against him. Saints defense is playing a little better. They were down big. They had to throw the ball. If they have to throw the ball, Scott, they're going to go to Theo Riddick. The knee-jerk reaction, we talk about this all the time, is people are going to go pick up Theo Riddick because he had 5 or 45. Enough. Amir Abdul is the guy I'm targeting. I'm actually looking to trade for him. I think he's a very good pickup. This was a game script game that got away from Amir Abdul. It's a golden take. It's 96 yards on the touchdown. So does Marvin Jones. But golden take looks like he's going to be out a couple weeks with an injury. So Marvin Jones now, does he is he can he take that next next step to Golden Tate's level as far as fantasy and possibly be touching that wide receiver one status with Tate out? Yeah, I think he's a borderline. I Scott, I think he's borderline at wide receiver one. But Kenny Galladay should be back and get ready for the Kenny Galladay show because Tate's going to be out for a couple weeks. That ninety streak of three consecutive seasons with ninety plus receptions is definitely in jeopardy. But I like Marvin Jones moving forward. Yeah, I think he's a he's a he's a low end RB one, high end RB two. Uh, low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. 
Theo Riddick does what he does. He gets five catches, 45 yards, still, to me, unplayable. Tight end situation. Guess who scored again this week? It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> I mean, it, did you believe who scored again? That would be Daniel Fels. He only has two catches for 26 yards, but when I say only, that's enough to outproduce Eric Ebron. only had one for nine. So Daniel Fels scores again. Eric Ebron is officially no longer a part of you know fantasy relevancy. I think we played the Undertaker team for him last week. Daniel Fels. Can you play him moving forward? No, not playable. Absolutely not. He's only getting, he's getting very low. He's touching on a pen. He's only getting a couple of receptions. Absolutely not. And then one day, like, Ebron will have, like, five receptions the day you play him, so don't even bother. All right, so Drew Brees, two, two touchdowns, two picks, only 186 yards, which I think was a little bit of a surprise at home. But regardless, you're playing Drew Brees the rest of the way. Here's where you and I take a little pat on the back here. We both thought Mark, Mark Ingram was going to be the beneficiary of the Adrian Peterson trade, and sure enough, he goes out 25-114 and two touchdowns. Not only does he produce regular fantasy, he was a monster in DFS. Make like give me a little of your input here on this running back situation. I mean, Kamara goes ten for seventy five, but Ingram got what we expected, and do you expect to see this more going forward? Yeah, Ingram is an absolute lock RB one, even a mid to high RB one rest of season. Kamara's fine in PPR, no problem, but he is going to be a satellite back, like you mentioned before. So he's going to be a little feast or famine from time to time. He had the ten rushes for seventy five yards, but only four receptions, twelve yards. People will catch up to him, but Mark Ingram is an absolute lock moving forward. So Ted Ginn Jr., 461. It wasn't a revenge game, but he gets a touchdown. So, I mean, you kept playing that, that angle in your head. It just benefited. You could have said, you know, he was angry with the Lions at one point in his career. So he got 466 and a touchdown. Huge disappointment for me here is Michael Thomas. I know he was covered most, like, most of the game, but Darius Slay, but three catches, 11 yards. Michael Thomas, just chalk it up as a game that just, you know, drove the table away or any concern there. Scott, the only thing I'll say moving forward, and this played out in every other game except for this one, but like you said, it was five defensive touchdowns, right? So it kind of did. Teams are sluggish coming off buys. I, I got to do an article on it and do some stats on it, but they are sluggish coming off of buys. Now, I didn't think Michael Thomas had three receptions, 11 yards. Don't get me wrong, but I certainly didn't think he was a wide receiver one with Slay on him. And at home, throwing sluggish, I don't know. I expected five for 70, five for 60, something like that, something low. So this was really disappointing, but... Tegan Jr. Scott is doing well. I do think Willie Sneed's going to come around and be a better play moving forward. But for now, Ginn is good. Um, Sneed has to show what he's got there, but he's also a pretty decent flyer because at some point he's going to get going, and that may be a guy that you want to target. Yeah, I think Sneed is someone you could take a look at, you know, and Ted Ginn also. But Sneed only gets one catch for 11 yards, but I think he was just slowly worked into this into this offense so they can look for more going forward. Um other than that, you know, the defense is, like you said, five touchdowns combined, whether it was interceptions, special teams, punt returns. Saints get three. The Lions get two. If you were bold enough to take them in DFS, congratulations. It had to have paid off. Other than that, Saints get a 52-38 to 38 win in New Orleans as they keep on that consistency train we like to talk about. Scott, the only reason to play the Saints defense is because I always say play a home defense, especially in DFS. You never know. You can take, Like you say, you take a shot. You got a low amount of money. Use them. Next game, Redskins 26, 49ers 24. Scott's one of the picks you got right. Big spread, didn't even cover. I think the underdogs I read, by the way, Scott, were 11-2 and two this week, something like that. Underdogs were all over the place. And two 14-point underdogs won? Yeah, I think the Giants were 12-point and the other one, Dolphins? Dolphins. Yeah, Giants and Dolphins. Uh, two big underdogs won. Giants and Dolphins. Giants and Dolphins. Uh, skipping ahead. We'll skip Beathard. No one's going to play him anyway. It took two, two QB leagues. Scott, Carlos Hyde trade rumors are flying around. Now, I, I went back and forth on Twitter with someone, and they said, do you think Breed is going to get snaps? I didn't expect him to get a lot of snaps this game because I think they're showing him off to trade him. Breed versus Hyde, what would you say? Uh, you know, it's still, we talked about this last week. It's it's tough. I mean, it wasn't much action for either one. I mean, Hyde scores two touchdowns, but only had 13 carries, 28 yards. 
if Hyde's on the team, I'm still leaning towards Hyde because I've seen it. I need to see some more to Brita. But at 0-6, which is the Niners are right now, I'm sure they're shopping. I mean, they're shopping everybody. So if Hyde gets out of it, then Brita becomes an interesting play the rest of the year. Garcon, 5-55. George Kittle, my guy George Kittle, Scott, 446. Uh, playable moving forward. How about next weekend's Dallas at home? Eh, tight end, too. I'll take it. And Aldrick Robinson, 45-yard touchdown, but I don't think you're playing him. Kirk Cousins, Scott, I believe he was number one fantasy quarterback this week, number one or number two. He's starting to heat up, isn't he? He is. Kirk Cousins is starting to heat up. And amazingly, he's doing it without the help of his wide receivers. So, I mean, if the wide receivers ever got involved, you know, Terrell Pryor and Jameson Crowder combined for six catches and 38 yards when Cousins throws for 330 and two scores. So, if the wide receivers ever get involved, this could be a real big second half of the season for Kirk Cousins. Scott, Rob Kelly should be back next week. Break down the Washington RB situation. I think Chris Thompson's earned playing time. I think Samaj Pirine will get faded out if Rob Kelly's there. So I think you're looking at – I think Kelly will get those those touches on the first second downs. But if he doesn't produce, Chris Thompson will be out there more and more. I kind of look at it similar to an Ellington situation, the way Ellington was for the past three or four weeks, involved in the important parts of the game. And he keeps putting out 100-yard you know, receiving games. He's got to be on the field because right now – it's the leading receiver on this Washington team, so it's got to be out there. Scott, if I made you pick a tight end between Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed, who would you take rest of the season? Well, I'd, really, I'd hate you for making me pick it. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, look, Vernon Davis, could that have been a revenge game? So maybe we'd, you know, against the Niners, he goes out and three for 65. It, I'd love to avoid the situation. I have to take Jordan Reed if he's healthy, if he stays on the field. Uh, I'd still have to go Jordan Reed because he's, he's so talented, but he just can't stay on the field. Dotson caught only one pass. It was a touchdown. Prior Crowder, Dotson. Which one of these three is going to get started? One of them's got to get going. Which one's going to be? Yeah, I'm going to keep. I'm staying on Prior. I think Prior offers the most out of all three of them. But yeah, we're we're talking six weeks in now, and he's really yet to get on track. None of them are. Crowder looks lost, and Dotson just doesn't get enough targets to be to be involved. So I'm going to stick with Prior. Redskins 26, Niners 24. Tampa Bay traveled to Arizona. A couple of notes out of this game. The interesting stuff, the Cardinals win this game 38-33, but this was another one of those games that was, I believe, 38-10 at one point, and the Bucks made it. I tried to make this interesting behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, my friend. Why did Ryan Fitzpatrick, why was he behind center in this game? Uh, because Jameis Winston got hurt, has an MRI. Listen, I said Jameis Winston does not play well in Arizona. He was horrific last time he went out there. They just don't travel well there. I don't know what it is, but he did get hurt. Ironically, Scott, we had some crazy trades going on in Yahoo. I had to drop some guy off my roster. Anyway, needless to say, I made the right decision because if I started Jameis Winston, he would have had less points than almost every other quarterback. But Jameis Winston's hurt, folks. He is not an accurate quarterback to begin with. Now his shoulder is hurt. He has one receiving option. Deshaun Jackson is feast or famine, and it's only Mike Evans. He is a tough play moving forward, Scott. I would put him on my bench. I would consider dropping him because there's so many other decent quarterbacks. I don't know if I'd play him. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's an AC joint sprain, and he said he's going to play next week, but we'll see how that works out um, for Winston. But, yeah, if, it, if this turned out to be a longer-term injury, any faith in Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, you know, as it, with the Jets the past couple of seasons, he had some fantasy-relevant games. Could he in this offense? Yes, because he tends to lock on a one-wide receiver, right? So if you own Mike Evans, he's going to ram the ball at Mike Evans even if he gets intercepted. So there is some fantasy value. You're not going to want to start him every week. But this is a guy who had five touchdowns, right? I mean, at least once, maybe twice, I think once. Uh, maybe six even. So, I mean, he's got some decent play. He's a bi-week replacement if you're stuck. Only at home, though. 
Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got more talent, skill positions than he did when he was with the Jets. Running backs, Doug Martin, 14 for 53 and a touchdown to Quiz Rogers. Really didn't get involved. So safe to say this is Martin's team going forward. No questions asked. Oh, absolutely. Doug Martin, if you if you got him and drafted him and you sat him for the three games, you put him on your bench, you're good to go. Uh, Mike Evans gets a late touchdown, a big one. Three three catches, 95 yards, gets a late touchdown. Cameron Brait, impressed by him. He seems to have got a stranglehold on the uh, tight end job over O.J. Howard. He goes six for 76 for a touchdown. Where do you rate Cameron Brait the rest of the season? Scott, Cameron Brait's going nowhere, and I was big on this preseason. O.J. Howard, tight ends take a while to catch up. Cameron Brait is a very solid tight end one moving forward. Even when Fitzpatrick came in, he was targeting him. He is the second most consistent receiving option, Scott, on that team because Deshaun Jackson is very up and down. So I like Cameron Brait moving forward i think you gotta play him can you play adam humphreys as a streaming option if you need to no no let's not go crazy no all right all right he goes targeted a bunch yesterday <laughs> sean jackson three for 38 a touchdown still feast of famine gets that touchdown but really nothing else there on the arizona side carson palmer who was my top dfs quarterback two eight three three touchdowns so he made me look good there so thank you carson palmer even though i'm not your fan you did got the job done how about the running backs adrian peterson you know, we thought, well, I thought he would get, you know, eased in. You said he'd get about 18 to 20 touches. Sure enough, he gets 26. But did you see 134 yards of two touchdowns coming? No, of course not, Scott. In fact, I would look to sell him. I don't think he's going to be able to maintain this. The Cardinals couldn't run the ball. They faced a very soft Cardinal defense. If they had played anybody back there, even Chris Johnson, I think he'd probably get 70, 80 yards. I would look to sell Adrian Peterson. He had a great game. Congratulations. Move on and sell high. So at one point today, I was on Yahoo just looking up some of my teams, and I had a roster alert telling me that about 80,000 fantasy players on Yahoo dropped Andre Ellington. I'm not. Is it just a fat game strip? Do you still hold on to him? He's not droppable yet, is he? No, he's fine. He's a satellite back. And this is what you and I were arguing about this. In game script, they were up big. In an up big game, Alvin Kamara and, you know, Chris and um, uh, Chris Thompson and Andre Ellington are not going to get a lot of touches because they don't need to. But, Scott, they're not going to be in this sort of game maybe for the rest of the season. He's fine. He's a pickup guy. Listen, I, did I think he'd have zero? No, Scott, but I'd probably think I'd say three for 30, something like that, receptions. But people knee-jerk way too much. Andre Ellington's going to be fine. He's a solid RB2 PPR fantasy option. Yep, he's remaining on my team for the rest of your 80,000. Uh, somebody else can pick him up. Larry Fitzgerald still doing his thing at his age 10 for 138 and a touchdown. I know you sold Larry Fitzgerald in one of your leagues. You regret that at all or you think long term he's going to cool off? Uh, Scott, not after that DeMarco Murray touchdown that just went in, which gave me the win <laughs> over Swaggerlicious <laughs> and Yahoo. Not in the slightest. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think I think just that goes to the script. What were you a forty-five point underdog? I was a fo- projection. Scott, we talked about it last week, quarter one. I'm a forty-five point underdog in Yahoo. I just the way I looked at it, I kind of had a feeling on this one was going to be weird. But yes, Demarco just put me in. Listen, Larry Fitzgerald is a Hall of Famer, Scott, but he's very up and down. He's unpredictable. This was a game where he got fed the ball like he did on that game a couple weeks ago. There's going to be games. Guy gets three receptions for thirty yards, and as the season goes on, each of the last two years, he's been worse every single year. I am not a fan of Larry Fitzgerald. I look to sell him right now. He had a fantastic game. He was like the second best fantasy wide receiver, I think, Scott. Congratulations, Larry. I'm going to get you a bust and go into Canton, but you are not going to be on my team. I want to sell him. Wide receivers two, three, and four in this team is just like playing roulette. You can never figure it out. This week, it's John Brown gets three for 63 in the touchdown. Jerron Brown gets one catch for 30, and J.J. Nelson nowhere to be found. So do do we even try to figure out the two, three, and four in uh, Arizona, or we just uh, let them be on their own? Scott, Jerron Brown is like the color red. John Brown's like the color black. And J.J. Nelson's like the color green. I'll take green next week, and J.J. Nelson, I'm just, like you said, roulette. You're spinning your wheels. 
Other than that, not much else from that game. Cardinals 38, Bucks 33. Arizona gets a much-needed home win. All right, third quarter. All right, third third quarter underway. First AFC home game of the week. The Chicago Bears in overtime knock off their second AFC North opponent of the year in the Baltimore Ravens, 27-24. Uh, Fantasy-wise, there's not a whole lot to talk about here. I'm going to skip the quarterbacks because they're both not really worthy of being talked about. Jordan Howard, 36 for 167. Out-touched Tariq Cohen and out-gained Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen did draw a touchdown pass, but Jordan Howard looks the part here as the legit RB1. And I would say you agree with that. Tariq Cohen falls in that satellite back category, correct? Yeah, he's fine. He's a satellite back guy. He's probably a poor man's satellite back because I do think Trubisky is going to start throwing the ball a little bit better, Scott. So I see maybe they're getting away from him, hitting the wide receivers and Zach Miller a little bit more. But he's fine. Uh, and, and listen, really quick, Jordan Howard had a great game. He had a great game. He didn't get the touchdown, but 136 yards. How many times he rushed the ball for? I mean, my 36 rushes, 167 yards. Excuse me. That's a big time game for him. So yeah, the Bears are a running team moving forward. Yeah, five a carry. I like what I see from Howard. If you can add a couple touchdowns, it'll get me back involved in this uh, little wager we have going on. Receiving wise, Kendall Wright at two for 36. I would assume that we both think that he would be the wide receiver to target if Trubisky gets hot down the road. Both tight ends scored a touchdown. Zach Miller and. Uh, Deion Sims, I don't like anybody's playing Deion Sims. Maybe you could play Zach Miller if Trubisky gets going as a streaming tight end option. I, I really like Kendall Wright moving forward next week, Scott, because I think Trubisky's going to get going. And the issue with him is he's in the slot and they're choosing to keep him in the slot. But they're hosting Carolina next week, and he goes off the field because this is a run-heavy team, right? So they're going to bring Deion Sims in. They're going to bring in their big tight end blocking package. That's what they're doing. So since he's not an outside receiver, he doesn't get on the field as much. But I do think he's worth keeping an eye on because I think this is a guy who can really take advantage of it. He's the only receiver who can. Yeah, on the Ravens side, again, not much. Flacco's terrible again. Running back situation, they still go... Similar, almost like a 60-40 touch between Collins and Javorius Allen. Let me ask you, long-term rest of the season, Buck Allen or Tariq Cohen? Boy, this is fat. I can't, I can't even predict it, Scott, but I'll tell you this. Collins out-touched Allen 15-13, to 13, but if you look who the snap count, Buck Allen, what do you think it was? Collins out-touched Allen 15-13. to 13. Collins had 22 snaps. How many do you think Buck Allen had? Yeah, I mean, Allen probably had about 45, and yeah, I think that was game, yeah, game script because yes, yes. I, I know this says 27-24, but the Bears had about a two-score a two lead, two-possession lead about three minutes ago, gave up a punt return for touchdowns. So that changes. So, yeah, Allen was out there chasing the points. So, yeah, that, that's a that game script theory right there. I mean, if I told you that if I told you that uh, Buck Allen was going to out-snap Collins 46-22, but Alice Collins got a more fantasy points, would you believe me? So, I mean, I guess if you made me pick, I'll take Buck Allen moving forward, but I don't really like either of them. Yeah, I'm going to skip all Baltimore wide receivers because none of them are relevant. Macklin was hurt. Wallace good, did nothing. Good so we're going to skip yeah. that. Bears 27, Ravens 24 in overtime. Nice road win for the Bears. Scott, how about the Texans 33, Browns 17. Deshaun Watson just keeps on going. Yes, he does. Thank you, Mr. Watson. You are leading one of my fantasy teams in the right direction, my friend. Two, 225, three touchdowns and a pick. So he's doing he's doing what RGD, RG3 did a couple of years ago. Let's hope he stays healthy and can keep rolling with this. Are you worried at all about Lamar Miller's job? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to a little bit. Foreman looked good when he broke a couple of runs. He's getting the touches. I mean, it was 12 carries for Foreman, 15 for Miller. I, I think I think you do. I mean, I think you still throw Miller out there as an RB2, but as the season goes on, Foreman's going to be more involved. So I would be a little bit, yeah. Interesting here, Scott, that Miller played on 44 snaps. Foreman played 23, but most of Foreman's carries – came in the second half. So I still think Miller's the guy for whatever reason. I, Foreman looks better to me, but I think Miller's a guy. 
Scott, looking at wide receivers, there's really nobody on Houston. My, I'm on Cleveland. My question is Isaiah Crowell versus Duke Johnson. Neither really did much here, but Isaiah Crowell did have 12 carries. Is he just waiting for the right matchup, or is it really Duke's backfield? I I think it's – I mean, I like Duke Johnson better uh, going forward. I think Crowell has got to, got to find a matchup to get going. You know, I know the carries are different, but the yardage is about the same. I, it's Crowell's job to lose, but I don't think he's doing a good job keeping it. Fuller, feast or famine? Will Fuller, or is he going to get more targets? No, I think he gets more targets. I think he's going to creep in. I think right now he's a he's a wide receiver three that's creeping into wide receiver two status. If he keeps getting consistent looks, I know mean, he only had two catches, but you know Watson only Watson didn't complete a lot of passes. He spread it around, but I do like Will Fuller going down this stretch here. Ryan Griffin, tight end one, moving forward. Uh, yeah, I guess you could put him in the top 12. It's so thin at that position. He, he definitely can make the top 12. Yeah, tight end one. Texans 33, Brown 17. Patriots, Jets, some controversy in this game. There was a battle for first place in the AFC East in week six. Both teams were three and two. Patriots win this one 24 to 17 at MetLife Stadium. Tom Brady, 257, two touchdowns. We don't really talk about him. He's in every week start. A little bit of concern, I think, in the Patriot backfield now for your boy Mike Gillisley. I noticed on one drive there when the Patriots were inside the red zone, inside the 10, it wasn't Gillisley who got the carry. It was Deion Lewis, and Deion Lewis did score. Gillisley fumbled earlier in that game. Any concern for Gillisley's uh, inside the 10 goal line touches going forward? Can't fumble, Scott. Can't do it in Bill Belichick team. You cannot fumble. You can't do it. He will put you in the doghouse. Am I excited? that he at least got back in the game and got some fourth quarter carries? Absolutely. But Scott, that's the thing. Gilly, you are going to go, you're going to starve, Gilly, if you don't stop fumbling that ball because that should have been your goal line touch and it would have been. But Scott, he fumbles again. You may want to add Deion Lewis. Both him and James White had 29 snaps in this game. But I'll tell you something. You may want to add Deion Lewis and Gilly better not fumble. He'll get one more chance, Scott. And if he does, he's in trouble. This is a Patriot team that has not had the game script that I thought they would. They are not winning games. They're not blowing out games. They're not winning in the second half by a significant margin. If this was the Garrett Blunt, he'd be having a terrible season. So, Gilly, you got to start get, keeping the ball, man, because he'll feed it to you, but not if you fumble. Do you know that James White has 33 catches already through six weeks? I mean, that's a he's becoming a reliable RB2 play because he's he gets a couple of touches in the backfield, but he's being targeted tons in the passing game. You agree that he's a uh, RB2 going forward? The PPR worst, at least? The worst team at defending pass-catching backs in the NFL is the Atlanta Falcons, who, by the way, travel to Foxborough next week. I think that answers your question. James White, lock him in, DFS as well. Uh, receiving side, Brandon Cook, 6 for 93. You know, we're, we're both up and down on him. Nice game there, but Gronkowski, 6 for 83, two scores. You know, Gronkowski went healthy, still probably the top wide receiver in the game. Danny Amendola, a little disappointing. Chris Hogan, disappointing. So going forward, Hogan, Amendola, do they, like, go back and forth week to week and who outproduces one, or can you see one of them kind of grabbing that number two receiver job and running with it? Scott, it's very simple. When Gronkowski plays, Hogan's useless. It's very, very simple. Amendola is the Edelman on the team. I think his role is safe. I'm not a Brandon Cooks guy. He's feast or famine. No, thank you. But I'm kicking myself for Gronkowski being 6,800, not playing him on DraftKings. I was staring at it Sunday morning. Yeah, that's a, it's close to an all-time DFS low salary for uh, Gronkowski. And he, he produced for sure. Jet side, Josh McCown, 354, two touchdowns. Can you consider playing Josh McCown in redraft leagues? Not, I'm not DFS. He's a play once in a while because the value is there and the price is right. But going forward as a streaming option, can is he becoming someone you can play? 
No, I'm not going to play Josh McNown, Scott. Jermaine Curse is interesting. He's not a bad guy. Anderson, I think, got hurt in this game at the end, so maybe you want to look at Curse moving forward a little bit. No, I still think they're a running team. I'm not going to play McNown. All right, so running team. Powell is out. Forte came back 9 for 22, but he did get 8 catches for 59 yards. So Forte, Powell, McGuire, when they're all healthy, can you pick one of them to play on a weekly basis? Yeah, I love Forte. They're going to play Forte. Forte's going to get the goal line catches. And enough of Elijah McGuire. I like Forte. Yeah, I think Jermaine Curse, by the way, is a wide receiver, too. I think yeah. he can be involved there. He definitely gets the targets and the touches. Austin Sferian Jenkins is a tight end one, no question about it, right? Yeah, limited uh, targets, but absolutely, tight end one. Your thoughts on the controversial uh, no-touchdown fumble call? I just don't like – I told you this before, man. I don't like these nerdopolis rules, okay? You, you, Scott, the rule was right. It, it, the interpretation of the rule is right. He did not have control of the ball. He hit the pylon. But honestly, I just think it's stupid. It's like the Des Bryant thing. That was technically a fumble, but he was reaching for the goal line. He didn't drop the ball. He was reaching and the ball came out. Austin Safari Jenkins got the ball knocked out, but he he got it under control. I just don't like the rule. I don't like these nerdopolis rules, technical letter of the law. Fine. Yeah, it, I'm just not into it. It, it makes no sense because if he's a running back, he goes forward. All you do is hit the ground and lose the ball as a touchdown. I don't see the difference there. Just terrible call. Tough, tough way to lose that game for the Jets. But the Patriots win it 24-17. Scott, uh, Rams went on the road at Jacksonville. Got this game wrong in our picks. Rams 27, Jaguars 17. Jared Goff, you got before, has not been playing well as of late. So this is going to be a girly game script. Talk to me about Goff. Are you a luster off of him or are you going to give him a second chance? I'm going to sit back and watch him rebound before I uh, put him in any lineups. I mean, again, he's a DFS play for value. That's You could always play a guy like that in DFS, but as far as week to week, you got to see him start getting hot again because he's not getting any help from his receivers at all. So it's really been the Todd Gurley show. And, I mean, if you turn this game on and you blinked, it was 7-7 with the opening kickoff taken back by Farrell Cooper and then Leonard Fournette on the next play goes 80 yards for touchdown. So it was 7-7 about 40 seconds into this game and ends the way it did. Yeah, I'd sit back and uh, watch Goff, make sure he gets back on track before you start playing him. Sammy Watkins, talk to me. Yeah, Watkins, is it's concerning now because it's been a couple of weeks. He really can't get anything going. And it's, again, on the road, we talked about how this defense shut down the Steelers at home, and Sammy Watkins is no Antonio Brown, so he's not going to go out and make the plays like Brown can. So Watkins is a little bit of a concern, see if he can rebound you know, in the next game, but it's something you got to worry about. He's definitely not – right now he's not even a wide receiver too. How about my boy Marquise Lee? Usable? <laughs> yeah, Marquise Lee's been usable. I mean, him, you know, he's been a wide receiver too. People have been targeting him to be a wide receiver too, so he's still usable. Nice game by him, 5 for 83. You know, it's just, you know, Bortles is what concerns you. concerns you getting him the ball and not making stupid mistakes. But, yeah, I mean, Marquise Lee looks to be the guy over Allen Hearns right now. So, yeah, he's a, he's a wide receiver too, in, especially in the right matchup. Scott Fournette had a monster game, but he got hurt at the end. He did not come back in. Are you concerned about Fournette playing this week? And if not, would you start Chris Ivory? I mean, I saw I saw the injury. You know, the, it didn't. I mean, it didn't look good. He took a bad step. You know, you automatically think all these non-contact injuries, but I haven't heard too much as far as as we record right now as updated on him. So, got to be a little bit of concern because it was a scary looking thing. Uh, but yeah, if he's out, Chris Ivory is definitely playable. I think as an RB two for sure. Uh, Rams twenty seven, Jaguars seventeen. The last of the undefeateds. Go down. The Chiefs at home host the Steelers, who got thrashed by the Jaguars at home. Then go on the road to beat the Chiefs 19-13. to Go figure the NFL, can you? I don't know if I can. I don't think you can either. Ben Roethlisberger, 252, a touchdown and a interception. It, a touchdown was a Antonio Brown gift to Ben. So we thought he'd bounce back. And the line isn't crazy good, but he didn't throw five picks. So did you see enough from Ben this week to uh, say he's on the right track? Trade for Ben Roethlisberger. Listen to me. Do as I tell. Do as I say. 
I told you Steelers going to win this game. I said in the picks, Tyreek Hill is a little banged up. Their defense, the Chiefs' defense, is not as good without Eric Berry. Steelers back against the wall. Phil Collins in the locker room. Trade for Ben Roethlisberger. A guy that you love in fantasy but don't like in real life. Talk to me about Le'Veon Bell, 32 for 179 on the touchdown. Listen, Can you explain that to me a little bit? Yes. It's Scott and I started arguing on text message about this, which is what we do, folks. We provide you fantasy football passion-filled advice as Marcus Mariota throws a touchdown so I win my other league. Very nice. Sorry. Right. Uh, but here's my thing, Scott. Le'Veon Bell is a tremendous fantasy running back. Okay? He may be the best in the league. Okay? So I'm not going to argue that. 32 rushes, 179 yards, and a touchdown. I get it. This is my point. I don't think, Scott, he's that fast. I don't think he's that strong. And I think he's a little brittle. So you know what I think the Steelers are doing? If you went to Pittsburgh and you sat down with their ownership, you know what they tell you? We're going to run him into the ground because we know we're not going to have him three years from now. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers will never give him a long-term extension. And if they do, Scott, it's a massive mistake. Because, listen, D'Angelo Williams did decent behind this line. Now, listen, he has tremendous vision. He's a great receiver. He has tremendous cutting ability. Scott, I would not invest in him. I think he's overrated. I don't think he's an Emmett Smith. I don't think he's like some 13, 14-year NFL incredible player. I think when he plays, he's good. Scott, he goes out next week and breaks his leg. Would that shock you? The answer is no, it wouldn't. So in fantasy... But that can happen with anybody. Look at Fournette. Yeah, Fournette, but, you know, but goes man, don't you think... Step. No, but don't you think it happened a little bit more? If you look at his entire career, wouldn't you say that he does get injured from time to time? And I didn't even I, mention the drug suspensions. I mean, listen, he, got, he had a bad injury two years ago before, the, you know, the second to last game of the year before they're going to the playoffs. But after the suspension last year, he played played all last year. He's knock on wood so far, but good this year. And when he's out there, I mean, he's as close to Antonio Brown as fantasy Jesus as there is. And, uh, yeah, they're both on the, so, and they're both on the same team. Scott, I don't think so. I think Antonio Brown is one of the greatest receivers I've ever seen in my life. I don't think Le'Veon Bell is one of the greatest running backs. Well, I, I, think, second, yeah. I second that on Antonio Brown. I, I, I just I think you should trade him. I think there's a ton of running backs, man. Saquon Barkley, all these guys. I think they could get a running back in the draft well, next year, Scott. Well, I would I would tra- I would sign and trade him or I would just let him walk. I'm telling you, do not lock this guy up, Scott, for thirty million, forty million. Don't do it. It's gonna be a, a mistake for the Steelers. Just my opinion. Well well, I think if they do let him go. I think they drafted the running back they hope would be the next guy in James Conner sitting back there. Sure, now. But yeah. Here's my point, Scott. Last thing. I'm sorry. And then I'll shut up. Ready? James Conner starts next week. You think he's an RB1? I do. Maybe he's not. Maybe it's not 179 yards, Scott. Maybe he doesn't have that much. Yeah, you know, but he, I think does the, he break 100 the, in this game? Does James very, Conner very, break 100 in this game? Probably, but I That's don't my think. That's I, I, You know, he, he, I get it. He doesn't give you the reception threat, though, that Bell would. But I understand where you're coming from. It's just that the numbers are there when this guy plays all the time. And if you're going to tell me it's a system, it may be the system. But, you know, fantasy-wise, he produces every week when he's out there, and that's what matters. Let's go to Antonio Brown, 8 for 155 at a touchdown. Next, Martavis Bryant, 2 for 27, did not get that third catch as you sat there eagerly waiting, biting your fingernails, waiting for catch number three. It did not happen. And on top of that, some rumors going around, which are now being reported as, quote, fake news, that he requested a trade earlier in the week. So, Martavis Bryant, if he were to get traded, is he going to get three catches somewhere else, my friend? Scott, I just love this. First off, the guys from Rotoviz in the summer reminded me that no one in the history of the National Football League has become a positive contributor after two substance abuse suspensions. And Scott, numbers don't lie. He is not a great route runner. He has not played football for a long time. He's a tremendous athlete. So is uh, Lamar Miller. 
Uh, so, so is Bishop Sankey. Scott is a great athlete. If you look at his metrics on player profiler, it just makes me laugh. I would buy Juju Smith-Schuster, th- though. I think he's the second best receiver on the team. Martavis Bryant's feast or famine. He is a poor man's Deshaun Jackson, and I'm loving every minute of it. This chief offense for about two and a half quarters had about six total yards. They wind up putting up 13 points, and the yardage was there in the late third and fourth quarter. Alex Smith at 246 and a touchdown. I guess you're still confident he's fine going forward. Kareem Hunt only had nine for 21, and this is a Steeler defense that's been beat up by running backs this year. Jordan Howard comes to mind right away, as does Leonard Fournette, who was pointing out defenders as he was running down the field. <laughs> so Kareem Hunt, nine for 21. He does get five for 89 in in the passing game. I got to be honest with you, full disclosure, in the league that I have Kareem Hunt, before this game, early in the day, as I was getting my lineups ready, I started to explore couple of teams where I might try to unload Kareem Hunt. Now, I think it's going to be a little harder now after having a subpar game for his standards. But was I right thinking that it might be time to try and unload Kareem Hunt? I don't know if I'd unload him, Scott, just because of volume, right? I mean, he's the only running back there. I know what you're saying, but his receiving is so great, 5 for 89. So I definitely get what you're saying. The rushing yards will be held down, but he's going to get the ball at the goal line. If Tyreek Hill is out with the concussion protocol, he's going to get Hill. He's gonna, he's gonna get even more reception. So I think his, he's a Melvin Gordon-like player. Does that make any sense? I think his receptions yeah, keep his value. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tyreek Hill, speaking of which, he's probably going to be in concussion protocol if he isn't already. They play Thursday night. I think you can almost rule him out for Thursday night. And, uh, you know, he had five catches for 34 yards. He ran the ball once, went nine yards the wrong way. Uh, if, you know, he is in concussion protocol, do you start to worry about Tyreek the freak Hill? You know, everybody's Guaranteed number one receiver on that team? I didn't like him to begin with. He's not a wide receiver one, so I don't worry about people. Yeah, stop it. Travis Kelsey, four for 37. Had a key drop, a couple of key drops again, kind of like he did in that playoff game. He, he, uh, and I'm starting to notice that about Kelsey. I mean, he's a very good tight end, but man, does he, he does drop some balls at some key times, and he did again. So four for 37. You'll probably still roll him out week to week, but. You know, he doesn't produce there, and then the Anthony Thomas gets the only touchdown for the for the Chiefs on a broken play. But the Steelers go in there, bounce back from that loss to Jacksonville. They knock off the last undefeated team. Uh, Steelers win this game 19-13 to in Kansas City. A little preview, Scott, next week. What do you like him against the Bengals? Big win, uh, big win close win? What do you think? No, I mean, I think the, the Bengals are playing a little better as of late. The Steelers usually play them well at home, though. I mean, if it's Cincinnati, I'd say it'd be a little close. I think the Steelers will probably win this game. They should win this game by 7 to 10 points. Chargers 17, Raiders 16. Don't look now, Scott. Chargers have won two games in a row. Death, Texas, and Melvin Gordon. <laughs> yeah, Melvin Gordon <laughs> opening up his lead on Jordan Howard. I need, I need a touchdown from Howard, but Gordon's getting the touchdowns, and that's what matters. You know, 25 for 83 hard-earned yards there. No, and, no, no, uh, stellar three yards per carry from Melvin Gordon. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's a concern, but he is uh, – listen, he keeps scoring, and that's what matters. You know, he's got two touchdowns in the game, one running, one pa- uh, receiving. So, you know, he's been good. I mean, he's been good when he counts. He's getting the touchdowns, and that was your part of your biggest argument in bet was the touchdowns, and uh, so far he's producing on that end. Uh, Philip Rivers, Scott, a lot of yardage, not a lot of touchdowns. Where do you see him moving forward? No, he stays the way he is. He's a quarterback. He's a you know quarterback one, borderline one, two the rest of the year, and probably quarterback one. If he's got to be a starter, he's fine. Um, it's a good game on the road. I mean, it's a hostile environment. It's a division game, and they, you know there was some emotion there. They're getting Derek Carr back. You expect the team to be pumped up. Two sixty eight a touchdown on the road. Take that all the time. Hunter Henry officially a solid tight end one rest of the season. Yeah, I think so. It looks like he's uh, definitely, you know, the torch has been passed. Antonio Gates is, you know, there for a couple of plays, but this is Hunter Henry's tight end uh, team going forward. Worried about Keenan Allen or no? No, I'm not worried. I mean, five catches, the targets are there. Just 
It just wasn't meant to be this Sunday. I think Keenan Allen will be fine. Flip side, they're not going to give Scott Marshawn Lynch the ball. They're saving him for the playoffs, but you got to make the playoffs first. You think Lynch should get more carries? Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Lynch going in. I mean, he had a nice yard per carry there, five plus uh, five yards per carry on Sunday. But, yeah, I mean, I guess you need to because you're still not getting anything from Cooper, which is a problem at the wide receiver position. Crabtree is still producing. But if, if no one else is going to step up, I mean, I know Cordero Patterson gets a couple of touches. He rushed for a touchdown. But, yeah, Lynch is going to have to start getting more carries or you're going to have to start incorporating Richard and Washington in more. You're going to have to figure something out. Someone's going to have to produce – on the ground, and it's going to have to be more than 13 carries a game. Rest of schedule, Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper. Yeah, I want to say Cooper. I really do. I, I, I'm probably going to go with my gut because I, he was my big DFS target in all my lineups, and he really didn't get the job. Done. So I'm going to go Cooper because I think it's coming. I think you, you and I talked about this off air, that the breakout game is coming, and I really think it is. I thought it was going to be on Sunday, but it wasn't. I'm still going to take my chances that Cooper gets to Crabtree's level by the end of the year. All right. Uh, Chargers 17, Raiders 16. All right. And last one of the day, the Sunday nighter, another one that in the uh, NFL, the no-figure-out league, the Giants go into Denver <laughs> with no no wide receivers to speak of, a running game that doesn't exist against a top-rated rushing defense. And what happens, my friend? Giants 23, Broncos 10 in Denver. Um, yeah, I, I did not see this one coming. I lost with the Broncos as my pick. Great job by the Giants going in there. Really not much on offense. You know, Eli Manning threw 128 yards at a touchdown. Um, you know, with all his receivers depleted, can can Manning be relevant going forward as a streaming option or a quarterback too? Scott, the one thing is I don't feel badly about getting knocked out of survival pool last week at Pittsburgh because I would have picked this game in two seconds. So I would have been gone either way. Um, no, I think you got to stay away from Manning. Keep him. He's he's not startable. So if he's not a QB one, then you're not playing him unless you're in two QB leagues. So I keep him on the bench. I uh, like Eli. Great career, Hall of Fame guy. Great postseason, but no, I'm not starting him. Fan. How about the couple of rumors locally that popped up? Should the Giants trade Eli to Green Bay? <laughs> I don't uh, know. It's amazing. You hear that one? It's I heard that one. Well, Did Scott, if that, that happens, I would start him. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I would too. Because I, I, despite the contrary, I don't think uh, Tony Romo's coming out of the booth to go to Green Bay. Orleans dark one nice line 21 for 117 that offensive line played well they opened up some holes he got the lion's share of the touches and uh, at running back is he the guy you should target for the giant running back game not going forward or you think it was just a matter of he got hot and they ran with him. I think you got to target him because he's bigger physically than Goldman, and so Goldman's not going to get the goal line carries. I think the Giants are finally getting the running game going, which is good. They have a better schedule coming up, I think a little bit, which will help them. Yeah, I think Orleans dark was a RB2 uh, next week, next couple weeks. Evan Ingram, 5 for 82 to touch on. He's got to be a tight end one now, right? He's, he's, a he's the only option there. No, he's a wide receiver too. <laughs> well, <laughs> fantasy, from a fantasy standpoint, you can only play yes, him as a tight end. Yes, so he's, he's tight a wide one? receiver. Absolutely. Yes, he's going to get targeted. Absolutely. Trevor Simeon drew for 376 yards. I don't I don't think anybody even realized. I didn't realize that watching this game that he drew for that many yards. A touchdown and two picks. I know you played Simeon this week. I in did. That, <laughs> in that lineup that you were that losing, uh, supposed to lose by 45 points. Um you know, I don't think he was a key factor in your team. What did he give you, about 20 points? Which is not bad for Trevor Simeon, actually. I mean, the, the yardage was there, but is any merit to playing him going forward other than this week when he needed to? No, no, there's better options out there. The running game was terrible. Charles, C.J. Anderson, I know you're not a C.J. Anderson guy. <laughs> which one of these guys 
Which one of these guys can you roll with on a week-to-week basis, or is it just the hot hand? Where are those C.J. Anderson truthers now, Scott, who are ripping me? Where are they? I don't see any. And I found that Jamal Charles didn't actually do anything either, so the, both of these running backs did nothing. But the issue um, is now that Devontae Booker is back, it's going to hurt both of them. I have no interest in C.J. Anderson. This was the reason. Booker's back. Now it's a three-headed monster, which means it's a no-headed monster. So Emmanuel Sanders had five for 76, but he got hurt in this game. Demarius Thomas, 10 for 133. How much... How much does Demarius Thomas's stock rise if Sanders is out? Oh, it's massive, man. He's the only game in town. I mean, Booker got four for 68. Uh, my boy A.J. Darby did nothing. A.J. Darby did nothing. I like Thomas moving forward a lot. If Sanders is out, he, I think they, they said it was there was no broken bones. I think they, I saw that. But Thomas is a huge guy going forward. I mean, he's you can buy him low right now. And Devontae Booker, do you, do you buy the fact that he's going to cut into the time of these two at the running back position? A little bit, especially in PPR. So does that mean you just stay away from this situation, or who would you pick in this uh, this running back situation? I would choose not to pick. Makes sense. Want to go to quarter four? Hit it. All right, so quarter four, just a little miscellaneous here, a little potluck for you. We'll start with DraftKings. We had a couple of good hits. Carson Palmer we gave out to was one of the top-rated quarterbacks. Mark Ingram had a nice game. Uh, tight ends, Austin Severian Jenkins, a nice game. Just some, some notes. Some key players from the million, the lineup that won the millionaire in DraftKings this week. Matthew Stafford at 22.88 points. He was the quarterback on this winning team. He was owned by only 2.2% of DraftKings owners, so that's one of those key factors there, low percentage. Gave you a solid outing. Probably, you probably would have expected more, and I'm surprised. I'll be honest, I'm surprised the ownership was so low. is probably because of that questionable tag that people were worried about. And Melvin Gordon, he was under 10%, 8.8, puts up 36 points. Larry Fitzgerald, also under 10%, gives you 31.8. To be the top wide receiver this week, Cameron Brait, solid game, 19.6 at 12.8%. And then a guy both that you and I loved and we targeted and had him on every lineup. I think you did too, Mark Ingram, 34 points at 21%. Again, you got to make sure you find a couple of guys that aren't owned. And we found that here with Stafford, even Gordon at 8.8%. I mean, when you're talking about 400,000 people in, in, in a tournament and 8.8% have them, that, 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 that's good odds. You want to be under that 10% threshold, so that, that that's good there, Gordon, getting 36%. So some key key factors from your DraftKings uh, millionaire lineup this week in week six. We hit on a few. We missed on a few, but we'll go forward. We'll find that millionaire uh, maker. Hopefully it's one of our listeners and give a shout-out, maybe a little bit of you know gratuity. I don't know. <laughs> this coming week, Scott's a crazy week. You got guys like McCaffrey, Jay Ajayi at home against the Jets who stuffed them last time. Quarterback's a real interesting situation because there's not many great guys out there. You go to the quarterback for DraftKings. I mean, you got, you know, you have Breeze certainly at Green Bay. You got Prescott is on the road. Cam's on the road. Mariota's on the road. So uh, Palmer's on the road. Wilson's on the road. The first home quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger at 6,200. So a lot of interesting things. And you play him. Yeah, and you could play him, absolutely, especially at that price. So you have some interesting things moving forward. I kind of like Tyrod Taylor. Buffalo coming off a bye, they'll be rusty, but his legs won't be rusty. He'll still run. So interesting thing this week in DraftKings. Yeah, it'll be an interesting week. Sure, hard to believe we're at week seven already when it comes to, you know, this, this NFL season just flies by. But, uh, yeah, definitely an interesting week in DraftKings. There were some high numbers put up this week. I know you did well. You put up, I think, about 175 points. My lineup hit about 160 and change. Some real high numbers this week. I think 231 is what took it down in the DraftKings in uh, week six. Hey. Nice job, partner. Well, to go. I got to get some harder questions for Fantasy Feud, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, Fantasy Feud. That was a good time. We'll make sure we bring that back in the uh, recap uh, or the preview episode coming up later this week. So get that going so we can uh, get you know, maybe get the listeners involved somehow. I don't know. Maybe ask a question or two on Twitter that I don't know about and fire it my way. You never know. Absolutely. Fire it out, folks. Uh, Twitter, at P-U-T Blitz. You can hit Scott at S-C-O-T-557. Myself at Randall Rant, R-A-N-D-L-E-R-A-N-T. And if you like what you hear, please go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating and a review. Scott, questions coming up next week. Tenth best kicker. That's where I'm going. <laughs> Uh, Matt Bryant? I don't know. All right, we'll see you, folks.